story eleven of romance of california life by john haberton this librivox recording is in the public domain story eleven a story of ten mile gulch one the horse which mr tom ruger rode kept the path steep and rugged though it was without any guidance from him and its mate followed demurely they were accustomed to it and many a mile had they traversed in this way taking turns at carrying their owner and master indeed the trio seemed inseparable and as happy as tom ruger and his horses was a phrase that was very often heard at every mining camp and settlement as for mr tom ruger himself very little was known of him save what had been learned during the two years that he had sojourned among them where he came from never was known nor asked but once by the same person all that could be said of him might be summed up in the following statement the finest-looking the best-dressed and the best-mannered man on the pacific coast and the best horseman these were the words of mine host at the ten-mile house and as he was a gentleman whose word was as good as his paper we will accept them as truth as mr ruger rode down the mountainside that beautiful autumn day dressed in the finest of broadcloth with linen of the most immaculate whiteness smoking what appeared to be a very good cigar and humming to himself a fragment of some old song he looked strangely out of place so thought miss fanny borlan as she looked out of the stage window and caught her first glimpse of him just where his path intersected the stage road and she would have asked the driver about him had he not been so near mr ruger caught sight of her face about that time and tossing away the cigar he lifted his hat to her in the most approved style she acknowledged the salute by a bow and when he rode up to the side of the stage and made some casual remark about the fine weather she did not choose to consider it out of the way to receive this advance toward a travelling acquaintance with seeming cordiality have you travelled far he asked from the atlantic coast sir the same journey that i intend to take some of these days only that i hope to substitute the word pacific at its termination i hope you are near the end of your journey in this direction my destination is ten mile gulch i believe but you have such horrid names out here i presume they do appear somewhat queer to a stranger but they nearly all have the merit of being appropriate you stop at the settlement i do not know my brother wrote to me to come to ten mile gulch is it the name of a town both of a village and a mining district from which the village takes its name is your brother a miner yes sir i presume he intended to meet you at the settlement you will no doubt find him at the tavern if not i will tell him of your arrival for my way leads through the mines thank you sir my brother's name is john borlan i am somewhat acquainted with him said mr ruger though in this region of strange names we call him jack my name is thomas ruger tom in california style she asked with a merry twinkle in her eye yes miss borlan he said also smiling tom ruger is well known where thomas ruger never was heard of and now i will bid you good day miss borlan for i am in something of a hurry to reach the settlement if i do not find jack there i will go on to the mines and tell him 
ah miss you don't have such men as tom ruger out where you come from said the driver as tom disappeared up the road and them nags of his can't be beat this side of the mountains he makes a heap of money with em what a horse jockey exclaimed miss borlan we don't call him that miss some says he's a sportin man which ain't nothin agin him for the country's new you see he's got heaps of money anyway and there ain't a camp nor a town on the coast that don't know tom ruger ah you don't have such men as tommy he'd be at home in a palace now wouldn't he and it's just the same in a miner's shanty you don't have such men as he if he takes a likin to anybody he sticks to em through thick and thin but if he gets agin you once he's the very deuce ah you don't have no such man out where you come from she did not care to dispute this point in fact after what she had seen and heard she was inclined to believe that there was no such men as tom rieger out where she had come from so she made no reply and the driver following out his train of thought rattled on about tom rieger until they came in sight of ten mile gulch winding up his narrative with the sage but rather unexpected remark that there weren't no such men as tom ruger out where she had come from two the bar-room at the miner's home might have been more crowded at some former period of its existence but to have duplicated the two dozen faces and forms of the two dozen ten milers who were congregated there that beautiful autumn afternoon would have been a hopeless task ten mile gulch had turned out en masse and those same ten milers were distinguished neither for their good looks nor taste in dress nor softness of heart or language nor elegance of manners further than that we do not care to go at present but there was one face and one form absent no more would the genial atmosphere of that bar-room respond to the heavings of his broad chest no more would the dignified concocter of rare and villainous drinks pass him the whisky straight alas bill foster had passed in his checks and gone the way of all ten milers and it was this fact that brought these diligent delvers after hidden treasure from their work for bill had not gone in the ordinary way at night he was in the full enjoyment of health and a game of poker in the morning they found him just outside the domicile of jack borland with a small puncture near the heart to tell how it was done such was life at ten mile gulch who made the puncture circumstances pointed to jack borland and they escorted him down to the settlement he stood by the bar conversing with the dispenser of liquid lightning two very calm ten milers were within easy reach of mr borland two more at the door which was left temptingly open two more at each window and the remainder scattered about the room to suit themselves mr bob watson was the only one calm enough to enjoy a seat and he was whittling away at the pine bench with such energy that a stranger might have concluded that whittling was his best hold not so however he whittled until he found a nail with the edge of his knife and then varied his diversion by grasping the point of the blade between the thumb and first finger of his right hand and throwing it at the left eye of a very flattering representation of yankee sullivan which graced the wall 
by a slight miscalculation of distance and elevation the eye was unharmed but the well-developed nose was more effectually ruined than its original ever was by the most scientific pugilist well gentlemen what shall we do with the prisoner asked watson we're waiting for you said a tall ten miler who had been a pleased witness of the knife throwing and its results well you need not retorted mr watson as he made a fling at yankee's other eye and with very good success you know my sentiments gentlemen i was opposed to bringing the prisoner here we might have fixed up the matter all at one time and saved a heap of diggin it might have done said the tall miler doubtfully but i wouldn't like to see the two together it would spoil all my enjoyment of the occasion bet you're ten to one you don't swing em cried watson springing to his feet with sudden inspiration and mounting the bench he had been whittling twenty to one jack borland don't choke this heat who takes me who who no one seemed disposed to take him bosh you ten milers are all babies now if this had happened up at quit claim borland would have had a beautiful tombstone over him long ago what do you say borland the prisoner thus addressed cut short some remark he was making and turned to watson there have been cases where the prisoner had the benefit of a trial mr watson which is so mr borland obliged to you for reminding me let's have one gentleman i'll be prosecuting attorney if no one objects now who'll defend the prisoner at the bar i'll make a feeble attempt that way was the reply that came from the doorway all eyes turned and recognized tom ruger this is betwixt us ten milers said watson borlan is guilty and we're bound to hang him before sundown but we want to do the fair thing and give him the benefit of a trial who of you ten milers will defend him i told you i would defend mr borlan said tom ruger as he removed his silk hat and wiped his broad forehead with the finest of silk handkerchiefs i tell you we won't have any outsiders in this game said watson i really dislike to contradict you mr watson replied tom ruger as he very carefully readjusted his hat very sorry mr watson and i do hope you'll pardon me when i repeat that i will defend mr borland with my life this remark surprised no one more than jack borland he had never spoken to mr ruger a dozen times in his life and he could not account for such disinterestedness however there was not much time for conjecture for mr watson had taken offence with your death tom ruger if you interfere cried watson jumping down from his elevation it did look that way but mr ruger had not strolled up and down the auriferous coast without acquiring some knowledge of the usual means of defence in that sunny clime as well as some practice it was quite warm for a moment then mr borland believing it to be his duty as client to aid his counsel in the defence went in gladly still it was quite warm also somewhat smoky from the powder that had been burned likewise noisy not so noisy however that mr borland could not hear his counsel say clear yourself borland my horses are down at the ford mr borland followed the advice of his counsel and mr ruger followed mr borland the ten milers some of them followed both counsel and client it was neck and heels until the horses were reached 
after that the pursuers were left at a great disadvantage i'll have his heart ejaculated watson which heart he meant we have no means of knowing give me a horse quick they brought a mule wait here every man of you watson shouted back over the shaved tail of his substitute for a horse i'll bring him back dead or alive or my name ain't watson and over the way the stage had stopped and fanny borland had reached ten mile gulch at last three a little after sunrise the next morning mr tom ruger might have been seen leisurely riding along the bridle path between the mines and the settlement of ten mile gulch he was headed toward the village and was nine and three-quarter miles nearer to it than the mines he had found another good cigar somewhere and was humming the self-same tune as on the previous afternoon but the riderless horse was not with him as mr ruger rode into the only street in the village his approach was heralded and the ten milers who were waiting for watson's return filed out of the miners home and took stations in the street mr ruger took note of this demonstration and with a very business-like air examined the contents of his holsters he also noticed that patched noses and heads and canes and crutches were the predominating features in the group of ten milers with an occasional closed eye and a bandaged hand to vary the monotony miss fanny borlan from her window at the ten mile house also noticed the dilapidated looks of the frequenters of the miners home and wondered if they kept a hospital there then she saw mr ruger and bowed and smiled as he drew up at her window so you arrived all safe miss borland how do you like the place better than the inhabitants she answered with a glance over the way than those i mean is it a hospital for the present i believe it is and will be for some time to come if they all stay till they're cured but have you seen jack yes last evening he was very sorry that he could not wait for you but it may be as well however he has gone down to san francisco and he will wait for you there the stage leaves here in about two hours and i advise you to take passage in it if you are not too much fatigued oh i'm not tired a bit mr ruger i will go back thank you for the trouble you have taken no trouble miss borland give my respects to jack and tell him i will be down in a week or two good morning while talking mr ruger had about evenly divided his glances between the very beautiful face of fanny borland and the somewhat expressive countenances of the ten milers not that he found anything to admire in their damaged physiognomies but he never wholly ignored the presence of any one good morning gentlemen he said as he rode up in front of them not to you tom ruger spoke a tall ten miler the only one by the way who had come out of the previous day's trial unscathed not to you tom ruger where's borland he's gone down the coast on business said ruger and may not be back for several months we'll not wait for him was the miner's reply at the same time he drew a revolver you had better wait said ruger also producing a revolver the ten miler paused and looked around at his companions they did not present a formidable array of fighting stock in fact they were the sorest looking men that ten mile gulch ever saw and as the unscathed surveyed them he seemed to think he had better wait 
you'll wait for mr borland queried ruger i reckon we'd better answered the unscathed and while you are waiting you had better take a cursory glance at mr watson suggested ruger at the present time he is reposing in the shade of an acacia bush just back of the late lamented william foster's rural habitation good morning gentlemen and don't get impatient if mr ruger had any fear of treachery he did not exhibit it for he never turned his head as he rode off toward the valley nor was there any danger for beneath his suggestion about mr watson the unscathed had detected a thing or two i'm glad we waited he said i begin to see a thing or two them as is able will follow me up the gulch about half a score went with him mr watson was still enjoying the shade of the acacia bush in fact he couldn't get away which mr ruger well knew it's all up with me gulchers whispered watson ruger was too many for me and i ought to have known it you'll find bill foster's dust in a flour sack in my cabin my respects to borland when you see him and tell him i beg his pardon for discommoding him give what dust is honestly mine to him it's all i can do now good-bye boys and just played out but take my advice and never buck against tom ruger he's too many for any dozen chaps on the coast i knew twas all up with me the minute tom came in for he can look right through a feller's heart but never mind it's too late to help it now i staked everything i had against foster's pile and i'm beat 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 these were the last words mr bob watson ever spoke as many a surviving ten miler will tell you and they buried him in the spot where he died without any beautiful stone to mark the place four miss fanny borland found jack awaiting her in san francisco what made you run away why fanny didn't tom tell you about it queried jack tom oh you mean mr ruger he only sent me down here just like him fan very few words he ever wastes ah sister we don't have such men out east so the stage driver told me said fanny demurely there fan you're poking fun now wait till i get through only for tom you would have found me at ten mile gulch hanging by the neck to the limb of that tree just in front of the home hanging jack hanging fan lynched for a murder i never committed tom came along just in the nick of time and well fan perhaps you saw some of the ten milers before you came away yes jack and there was only one whole nose in the lot and i do believe that was out of joint but oh jack if they had taken your life never mind now sis tom was too many for em and here i am safe we'll wait here till tom comes down for i've got one of his horses which he thinks more of than he does of himself then for home sis mr tom ruger went down as he said he would and remained with them several days on the morning that they were to sail fanny said to tom i wish you were going with us mr ruger we shall miss you very much won't you go mr ruger was talking with jack at the time but he heard fanny he always heard what she said he did not reply at once however but said to jack in a low tone jack you know what i have been can i ever become worthy of her and jack answered promptly god bless you tom you are worthy now thank you jack if you believe 
then he went over to fanny i will go was all he said it was a great wonder to both jack and his sister how tom could have got ready for the journey on so short a notice but one day more than a year afterward tom said to jack old friend i'm not what i was i hope ever since i first saw fanny on the road to ten mile gulch i have tried to live differently i hope i am better for she said last night that she would take me for better or worse and jack wondered no more end of story eleven